Broadcasting from the Guest and Gray Law Offices studios in downtown Forney, Texas, this is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dig Deep with Stephen Carroll. I'm so glad that you have joined in this morning with us as we continue our series on the power of fellowship and community. I love having this chance to connect with you guys each week. Uh, it's exciting to see our audience growing. And I'd uh, love to know where you're listening from. Uh, so if you would, uh, get in contact with us. Touch base with us. You can go to truetexasradio.com. And there's a link there to uh, to my Facebook page. You can email True Texas Radio as well. Touch base with, with Will and connect with us that way. Also, we're both on Twitter at StephenCarroll77. And you can search True Texas Radio KFNY on Twitter as well. So we'd love to hear from you, man. Have a chance to chat and connect a little bit and would love to know where you're listening from and and what you think about the broadcast and maybe some things that God has done in your life if you've had the chance to listen if this is your first time listening today well welcome we're glad you're here and glad you've joined in with us on dig deep on Sunday morning so very excited about the direction that we're going with this very thankful for true Texas radio and for will and the station here for the opportunity so I hope you'll take a minute and share with others what we're doing here on true Texas radio so that they can uh, connect with us as well. Community is just a powerful thing. It's the opportunity for us to have relationships with with people, uh, to have a connection with people. And that's what we have been intended from the very beginning. Uh, we talked about that as we started this, this series. Uh, we're in our eighth week now, so we started this eight weeks ago on the idea of our relationship with God individually and how that when we have that relationship with God individually, uh, then we are able to uh, expand that and what his intention was for us to know him first and then to be able to love those around us that are closest to us, our family, if you're married, husband, wife, children, uh, people around you, then move out into the culture and into the community. For so often, I think we got it backwards. You know, we're looking outwardly for the answers. We're looking for someone that can give us answers that would make us feel significant rather than going to the source of the Father so that's what we've been talking about and how the, how, that, how powerful that connection is uh, in our lives and in our, in our relationships. So we'd love to hear from you. Like I said, connect with us and, and send us an email. You can go to www.wedigit.org and there's a way that you can connect with us there as well. So we're continuing our series on the power of fellowship and community. Last week, uh, we talked about the value of having community as we are relentless in our pursuit of God's purpose and call on our lives. And so it was very, very powerful. And you know, it was interesting, you know, when, when you think about this idea of community, I got some really good friends and some people actually up in Chicago, Illinois, that are listening to us every week. And as I was, uh, I got an email from them, and we were just talking about the broadcast. And it was so cool to be able to have a conversation with them about what we had been talking about. And they even were able to give me some pointers and things that were good for me to hear. And that's what community does. You know, it's when you have those relationships and, and you're, relentless in that pursuit of God and his purpose for your life what he's got what he's called you to do uh, then at that moment then you know then you can begin to, to move forward in those other relationships when you know your purpose and your direction then God surrounds you with other people to help you fulfill that purpose and feel that direction one of my favorite verses that stuck out to me last week was in Exodus chapter 9 verse 16 and it said but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. I absolutely love that verse. What an incredible verse that you and I have been called by God for a specific purpose. We have been raised up for a specific purpose. And it's not what we talked about last week, and then we'll share with you again Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are Christ's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece, rather, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. That he ordained that we that we should walk in and so as we move forward in life we can recognize when we when we connect the dots so to speak and we recognize look i have to have god in my life to understand what his purpose is and the way that i do that is through a relationship with jesus christ and when we make that connection then this verse applies it says i've raised you up for a purpose why so that i can show my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth it's like we say all the time that God wants to, he wants to glorify himself through your life. And so everything that happens in our life, he can turn into something for our good. And ultimately, it will give him glory. 
and other people, as we talked about last week as well. In Psalm 40, the psalmist says that he lifted me up out of a pit, out of the mire and, and the mess of life, and he set my feet upon a rock, and many will see, and many will fear the Lord. You can have a testimony. And as Revelation 12, 11 says, that's what they were able to, the, the scripture writes about a group of people that they were able to overcome the beast, the dragon, the enemy, by the power of the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony, their story. Whoever you're sitting beside right now, look at them and tell them, look, you've got a story. It's being written for you so that why? So that you can use it and God can glorify himself uh, through your life and he can use your story. So that's what we're going to begin to continue moving forward. You know, and one of the most difficult things that we face in life is the challenge to communicate. You know, it's like uh, in the movie Cool Hand Luke. I know my buddy Will probably recognizes that movie. Uh, but the movie Cool Hand Luke, there's a line that was made famous and says, what we have here is a failure to communicate. You know, communication is difficult uh, on so many levels. You know, some people just in basic communication, uh, they like to talk a lot. Uh, I don't know if you can figure out what kind of person I am, but that's that's me. I'm an extrovert and I find myself uh, talking a lot uh, because I enjoy communication. I enjoy trying to share with other people. Now, I have learned, there's a verse in the Bible that says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so I'm learning uh, that, that, that principle and sharing that in, in my life as well. But we often live out that quote from that movie often uh, where we have a failure to communicate communication is difficult like i said on so many levels uh, because there are some people that just that don't communicate very well they don't feel comfortable talking they don't feel comfortable expressing what's going on in their life and some people like myself that we may talk a lot but a lot of times we say a lot but we're not really saying a lot you know what i'm saying a lot of times we may say a lot of words but we're not getting to the heart of the matter uh, there was a commercial years ago and so guys all you guys that are older you'll recognize this commercial it was uh, about a company called E.F. Hutton. And I remember when I was a kid, I would, I loved that commercial. I always watch it. And I guess it did its job because there were different scenes that it would show. And one scene that I remember was there was a restaurant and these two gentlemen were talking and, and uh, they were discussing whatever it was. And then at some point, uh, the guy said, you know, E.F. Hutton says, and when he said E.F. Hutton, the whole room just stopped and every ear turned in and listened to what he had to say and the whole catch the whole catch of the commercial was when ef hutton speaks people listen and and man that stuck with me because that's a moment where in the commercial they're they're proving a point when there's something to be said that's important people are going to listen when something's being said that captures people's attention people are going to listen and in the power of fellowship and community one of the most important aspects of that is communication what do we communicate how do we communicate how do, what, do we, what do we share with other people? And I believe that's very important. My wife, Donna, uh, is, uh, is an introvert personality. Imagine that. Um, and so she is uh, She's someone that when she speaks, I've always said many times that she's just like E.F. Hutton. And all those years in student ministry, I would, I would reference that, and they had no idea what I was talking about because they all obviously weren't even born at that time for the most part. But that's my wife. When she speaks, she speaks clearly. And she speaks specifically about what she's thinking, about what she believes. And it's so cool when we are communicating with a group of people. Uh, I get up and, and I use my gift and speak the way that I speak. But then so often uh, when, when she speaks, it's, it's incredible because she hits a completely different audience. And she speaks specifically and clearly about a, a topic. And she connects with people that way. She's like E.F. Hutton. People want to listen at that point. So here's the deal, is people want to be heard, you know? We all want to be heard. However we communicate, however we speak, whatever we share, we, we at some point want to be heard. And not necessarily on a, in a public scale, but just about what's going on really in our life. What are we really facing? What are we really coming up against? And I believe that's what I want to really emphasize. What I feel like God's saying this morning is that that's something that we really need to focus on. Because... In community and fellowship, we are going to talk to a lot of people. We're going to connect with a lot of people. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you're going to have contact with people and you're going to come into relationships with people. Uh, you're going to join maybe at a school function or get involved in a booster club or, or in, a, in a business or in a community event or in a church or wherever it is. And as you connect with these different people at these different events, God's going to orchestrate and guide you as, as everything happens providentially in your life and lead you to people. 
And, and as you connect with these people and families and neighbors and, and sporting events and maybe on select baseball teams or soccer teams or whatever the case may be, everyone has a story. Somehow they got to that point in their life. And people want to be heard. We need to talk. We need to share. But a lot of times we're very uncertain about who we can trust. And that's why as we move into people's lives intentionally, as we move deeper into cultural events, that it's important that we recognize, wait, these people have a story. These people have something that, that they need to share. And, and I want you to know that what's great about it is that, that we all go through different things, but there's always moments in time when we connect with someone that has been through something similar that we've faced. Maybe that something growing up or a situation or an addiction or a struggle that you've been through. And we're able to connect because people want to be heard and they're looking to share with someone. But you got to get past that surface level of communication. you got to have that E.F. Hutton kind of deal. You know, where you speak and, and people listen. You're able to share a story that maybe relates to somebody else. You know how powerful that is? The power of a story, the power of a testimony. Who can we share with? When what we share is important. Because on so many occasions, we, we don't feel like we can trust other people. You know, for the most part, I think that's probably the biggest thing that as we enter into people's lives, trusting one another and being trustworthy, being someone that people can share with. That's something I believe that Jesus Christ was our supreme example. People flocked to him. Why? Because they could trust him. They knew that he was someone that would listen to what they had to say. They knew that he was someone that truly, genuinely cared and loved them no matter what. You know, that's what significant mentors in my life have helped me with over the years. The biggest thing was I could trust them. And you know how that happened for me? They made common ground in our conversation. Something that was relatable. I remember when I was 25 years old, Donna and I had, had just been married for a year and a half, two years, I guess. And, and we were about to have our first child. Braden was going to be born. And I remember it was the summer of 1993. And as we were there at, at, the, at the church where I was serving as a youth pastor, and I've told you about my mentor, his name was Marty Kyle. And I will never forget that night. Marty and I had begun to talk and have a relationship. And the thing that I loved most about Marty was he brought common ground to the conversation. Common ground where we were, I related to him. He, he, he exposed things about his own life so that I would feel comfortable to share things about my own. And so we began to enter in to that relationship. I didn't have to impress him with a lot of words. In fact, he, he asked me not to. Stephen, don't, don't tell me what I want to hear. Don't, don't tell me what I want to hear. Just be honest. Be truthful. We went through a group together, a small group, and, and it was a group of people, and we began to trust each other. We began to share with one another. We found common ground. And, and before that, I didn't feel comfortable a lot of times sharing what was going on in my life because I felt like I was the only one in the world that was ever going through what I'd faced. You ever felt that way? The only one that has experienced whatever it is that you're experiencing or has gone through whatever you've gone through. The enemy is great about that. You remember that verse we talked about last week, 1 Peter 5, 8? Be sober, be alert, because your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. The thing that the lion does best is, is he separates you from the herd. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to isolate you this morning. He wants you to feel like you are all alone. You know what God wants to make you feel like? He know, you know what he wants you to feel? He, what he wants you to know? He wants you to know, hey, I'm here. I know how you feel. The Bible says, and I've shared this over and over again, that Jesus Christ is, is a high priest. He's someone that we can relate to. He was, tempted, he was tempted in every way that we're tempted. He faced everything that we would face, and he did it without sin. You see, you and I, can have a relationship with God through Jesus and we can have a clear line of communication with him. But so often, we don't feel like we have that common ground to share. We hold things in. We don't feel comfortable even sharing with God and, and a lot of times we don't for sure don't feel comfortable sharing with anybody else. People just want to be heard. They want to be valued. They want to share their stories. They want to be loved unconditionally. Maybe that's you this morning. I, I just want to be loved. There's a song that I love. I love sharing music with you, and I know I say that all the time, and, and I love Will because he loves music, and, and there's so many powerful messages in these songs. And the reality of it is is that every one of us, all of us, every person on the face of the planet, we've all got a dark side. 
We've all got issues and struggles in our life. You know, in my work with students and families and in school and beyond, I've seen that over and over again. I remember moments and times I can think of names of people and kids and faces can come through my mind as I'm talking about this. The the first time that I met them, resistance and how they they didn't know about what we were doing. They didn't know if they could trust us. And over time, they began to become comfortable and it would lead to a conversation. Uh, Moment after moment after moment where my wife Donna and other leaders and sponsors in our youth group would have conversations with students because they built relationships. Even in my own family, my own children, to have that conversation, that common ground. Isn't it incredible how the enemy tries to keep us from having the conversation that can change our life, that can help us realize I'm not alone. I am loved, that God can forgive me, that I can have hope, I can have a future. That's just like we talked about, Jeremiah 29, 11, that, that God has a plan for us. Not to harm us, but to give us hope and to give us a future. And so the idea is, it goes back to what we said initially, is that we are able to communicate with God. He knows us. He knows everything about us. We all have dark sides. He knows our secrets. He knows our thoughts before we think them, the Bible says. And so we need to recognize, look, He already knows. It's just the process of us just being honest with Him. And then being able to be honest with those around us that we love, that we can trust, that can pray for us, that can support us. As you engage in the community, that's one of the most powerful things you can do. God loving him individually, having that relationship with your family where that they can come have a conversation with you. How many parents, maybe maybe you're a parent today, uh, maybe you're a single parent, you're struggling because your children, you, you're struggling to have that conversation. Can I tell you something? That, that we all have dark sides, we all have struggles, we all have issues. And in the moment that we are able to say, Father, help me with this, and, and then we can realize, hey, there are people around me that I can trust, and we can find that in community, and then in turn, you're going to be able to help someone else. A conversation that maybe husbands and wives or, or people within your community or friendships, whatever the case may be, we have dark sides. Everybody does. Don't let anybody fool you. Nobody has it all together. If somebody's sitting beside you this morning, look over at them and say, listen, you don't have it all together. You don't have it all together either. We None of us do. But the reality of it is, is that we have to come to that place. I shared a song at a conference back a couple years ago. It's by Kelly Clarkson. And the name of the song is called Dark Side. And I shared it. And, and, and as we as we talk about it, it, the whole passage was on Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, so we can boast. And that's where he says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You see, God wants you to know that He hears you this morning. He wants you to know that He knows about your dark side. He knows about your struggle. He knows about your fears. And all He wants you to do is just communicate that to Him, acknowledge that to Him. Why? So He can have fellowship and community with you first. So that you can find forgiveness. So I want you to think about that dark side. I want you to think about that struggle as you listen to this song. It's called Dark Side by Kelly Clarkson. Listen to the words. We'll talk about it after we play it with you.
incredible, incredible song. Kelly Clarkson writes some great music. But what I love about her music, for the most part, is that it always comes from a place that's just authentic and true, you know? It always comes from a place that is just from her heart. And then I love what the word says. There's a place that I know. It's not pretty there, and few have ever gone. If I show it to you now, will you? Will it make you run away? And, and you know, here's the thing is that as we think about the power of fellowship and commu- community and, and this idea of communication, sharing with other people, the whole idea is, listen, it's about developing relationship with people so that they can in turn have the, the ability to trust and to depend upon someone else. And that starts, first of all, like we've talked about over and over again, it comes with our relationship with God. But how many of you out there this morning, how many of you as you listen today, you're, you're driving in your car, or maybe you're, you're sitting in your, your living room or, or wherever you are, maybe you got your headset on, you may be walking, whatever the case is, wherever you are, this song applies because we all wanna know, look, are you gonna run away? How, how many of you this morning have experienced abandonment? I, I did. I remember as a 15-year-old son, when, or as a 15-year-old young man, when my, my dad, he, my mom and dad got divorced and, and he left. And, and I'll be honest, I, I dealt with abandonment for a long time. Struggled with that. And, and so I felt like I had to always do things in, in a certain way where I would keep people at arm's length. I, I, I had to give this image that everything was okay all the time. I had to give this performance. I was always on stage so to speak, because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be approved. I wanted to try to solve the problem. In fact, I wanted to try to fix things. I thought I could fix things. That's part of my darkness. And and because I couldn't fix it, then guess what? I went into deeper darkness, secrets and struggles in my life. And just like Kelly says in the song, you know, everybody, everybody, every one of you've got a dark side. We all do. We've all got something right now. We are only as sick as our secrets. We've all got a dark side. And we want to know, look, will you love me? Nobody's perfect. But here's the reality of it is that we're worth it. We're worth something. And we have the question, will you love me even with my dark side? Will you love me even though that I'm not perfect? I've got issues. I've got struggles. And that's where we are in life. And can I tell you something? Whether you're at a select baseball tournament, whether you are at a school function, whether you're with family and relatives, whether you're out in the community, whatever it is, you are coming in contact with individuals and people. And, and they all have the same question. Will I be loved? Can I be loved? And and for me, and, and for us as believers especially, and if you are a believer, then it's, it's our responsibility to live life authentically before people. I'm not saying that we air all of our quote-unquote dirty laundry. I'm saying that we are accessible. And you know the only way we can do that is that when we come to the place in our own life where we receive from God what only He can give to us where we receive the forgiveness that he wants to share with us. I love what she says, don't run away, don't run away. Please tell me that you'll stay. Promise me you'll stay. Can I tell you something today? The Bible says that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Man, I mean, are you struggling today? This morning, are you you battling? Do you need a good conversation? Can Can I just encourage you? We're gonna talk about this in a few minutes. But can you start that conversation with God today? Can you start that relationship? That conversation is the most important conversation you'll ever have. You see, that's what's so amazing about God. He wants to listen. He wants you to be heard. And He wants you to hear Him. He wants you to recognize what He's trying to tell you today. In the midst of whatever conflict or struggle or unsettling situation that you're facing, that he is still God and that he is available for that conversation with you. He wants to listen to what you have to say. He even wants to hear the frustration that you might feel about what you're experiencing. Can I tell you, me and God have had some pretty pretty rough conversations. I've been angry about things that have happened. I've been frustrated. Why did this happen? I didn't, I didn't know the answer to that. But you know the coolest thing about it is? He's okay with that. Completely. He wants to have that conversation. He wants you to be heard. And He won't run away. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to be a part of his that relationship with Him. He, he wants you to share. He wants you to come share your thoughts, share your fears, share your struggles. All that, He wants that. That's why 1 Peter 5, 7 says, 
cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. Give it to him. Share it with him. That's what he wants. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about it. But in everything. Look, be anxious for nothing, but in all things. Through prayer, let your request be made known to God. Have that conversation with God. And you know what he says? Paul says, The peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You see, he's the way. That's why Jesus said in John 14, Look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to that conversation. That's why Jesus on this earth was so powerful because he taught us, as I've shared with you, love God first and love people. That's it. And he came showing us who God was. Who is God? He is someone that will engage in your life, in your situation, and be a part of your circumstance and change them for you. He's the one that can make a difference in your life. You can share it with him. And so this morning, I just feel led right now at this moment as, as you're listening, I, just to, to encourage you, just to say that prayer. In fact, there's a verse in James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And this verse says, and, the, and I want to share these with you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. That's in 1 Peter 5, 7. Then Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Pray about it all. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And then in James chapter 5, verse 13, this incredible verse. And I'm going to speak this as though it's speaking directly to you. Directly to you this morning. Are any of you suffering hardships? That's what the verse says. Verse 13, right off the bat, right out of the, right out of the blocks. Are any of you suffering hardships? Can I ask you that? Are you suffering hardships today? Are you suffering difficulty, struggles? I mean, are there things that are in your mind that you're that you're consumed with, that, that dark side of your life? Addiction that no one knows about? An issue that you've never shared? A secret that just has tormented you? You know what the verse says? If any of you are suffering hardships, you should pray. Just pray. Stephen, I don't know how to pray. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. We're going to share that with you. James goes on to say, are any of you happy? Content today? You should sing. You should sing praises. So you should sing. That's why I love music so much. But are things well with you? Have you experienced the goodness of God? Is Because the Bible says in James, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of lights. So, James says, look, if you're, if you're happy and you're content, then you should sing. You should let, let God have that. Then he says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith can heal the sick, and the Lord can make you well. So are you sick today? Are you struggling? This is where it gets kind of hard at times. There are situations that happen that we just don't understand. James says, look, if you're sick, you should you didn't pray. And not only should you pray, but ask others to pray for you. You see, there's where the value of relationships and connections with other people come in. Because he says you should call the elders of the church. You should ask someone. And today, can I tell you something? I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to, to minister to you, to help you, to meet you where you are today, this morning, to heal you. James says that that can happen. And if you've committed sins, you can ask and, and you'll be forgiven. That's why the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just, he's going to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all those things. Then the verse goes on to say in James 5, confess your sins to each other. Watch this, and pray for each other. Now check this out, all the conversation, all the communication going on. First with God, confess your sins to him, connect with him. Are you suffering? You should pray. Are you sick? You should pray. Are you happy? You should praise. And he says, look, then you should confess. Confess to each other. That's where the trust comes in. That's why the power of fellowship and community is so important that you would have a history with people. You can't just go and meet someone in the supermarket and all of a sudden they're going to start sharing 
all their issues with you. But can I tell you something? If you've, if you've had a relationship with someone over the years, months, and you might run into them in the supermarket, do you know there's been many times in the, in the aisle at Walmart where I've run into someone that, that I've had a relationship with over the time, and all of a sudden they just start sharing their heart with me, sharing what they're going through. Donna and I have been in a, a Walmart aisle before where we have had conversations and we've literally prayed in the aisle at Walmart. And there have been times in our life where we have walked in and we've connected with someone and they've prayed for us in the aisle at Walmart. That's where community happens and, and connections take place in such an intimate, beautiful way that we have that relationship with God and we are connecting with Him and then we connect horizontally with one another. That, that's how the order goes. And and it, as we've said over and over again, it's with God and then those that we're closest to in our family and then it expands side of that. So James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? So that you may be healed. So that you can know that you're not alone. That your dark side can be forgiven. Restoration can take place. Marriages can be restored. Children can be reached out to and can be heard and communication can change. Things can change. All because we begin to speak and share and pray. And then James closes it by saying, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. When we pray, wonderful results can take place. Incredible. In our life as believers, things can can change, can happen, and, and we can experience the goodness of God in such a creative and, and beautiful and intimate way as he moves in our life, as he changes us from the inside out, as he restores us, as we talk to him, and then we in turn share with other people. Here's the crazy thing, and this is what's, this is incredible. As you, as you listen this morning, I want you to catch this, that Jesus Christ is praying for you right now, and, and the Holy Spirit is, is praying for you right now. I, I want you to hear a verse the Holy Spirit is God's presence in your life, right? It's, it's when you make the decision that, Father, I need you in my life. I believe that Jesus is the way. And I trust in what Jesus did for me. He paid the penalty for my sins. And because he is alive today and he, you, rose, you raised him from the dead, then I'm going to live. And because of that, you then at that point, the Bible says, which we'll talk about this more in the weeks to come, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, is in you. God's presence sent to you. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and listen to this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We could say the Holy Spirit helps us with our dark sides, with our questions, with our fears, with our doubts, with our struggles. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. It, there's times in our life where we don't even know what to say. And, and you know, I found myself in my own life just saying, Lord, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know where to turn. And what's great about this verse, it says, when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot even be expressed. Words that cannot be even uttered. He is praying for us. And guess what? The Bible says, and the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for believers in harmony with God's own will. And it's saying, here's the thing is that God wants you to know his will for your life. He wants to know you so much that he is doing everything he can. He gives you everything you need to believe. Faith, we, don't, we can't have faith. God gives you faith. He gives us faith. Even the faith to believe in him, he gives that to us. He gives it all to us. And that's why he says, look, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. And you know what verse 34 says down in Romans chapter 8? It says, no one can condemn us. Why? Because Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. Now check this out. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. 
So not only is the Holy Spirit praying for us, not only is he asking God to guide us and lead us, Jesus himself is at the right hand of the Father today, this morning, for you. And all that needs to happen is for us to realize how much and how accessible he is to us through Jesus Christ. You see, that's community and fellowship at its greatest level. That's where it all begins. That is learning to love God most. You see, here's the truth. Here's if It's not a secret, but here's what so many of us miss, is that that relationship with God surpasses every other relationship. Listen, look at the world today. Look at how people battle through all these different beliefs and theologies and everything. For me, I have come to the resolution in my own life that I need God more than I need anything else. Do I always show that? No, I don't. Do I struggle with that? Absolutely I do. But that right there is community and fellowship at its deepest level is when we can have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is helping God our steps. He's leading us, which is God's presence in us. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father pleading for us, standing beside in the gap for us. You see, that takes us all the way back to the beginning of this series. God first, then those closest to us, then others. We have to have this relationship first and make it important. But, but so many are searching for answers in so many different avenues and so many different places. And, and this morning, as you're listening, as we're having this chance to share, I, I just encourage you to stop. To stop right now. Just stop. You've tried so many other things. I know there's so many different views and ideas. And can I tell you something? I, I just go back to the simplest verse. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. You! You can put your name there. So God so loved Stephen Carroll. Place your name there. God so loved, put your name right there, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him won't perish, but have everlasting life and get to have this intimate community and fellowship with the creator of the world, a relationship with God through Jesus. And that's why prayer is so important. And that's why the enemy tries to confuse us so much. That's why the enemy works so hard to dilute things and, and blur our vision and blur the lines between things. At the end of the day, my philosophy is this. You love God. You recognize how much he loved you. And, and accept the gift of his son, Jesus. Let him be the center of your life. Let that be where it all begins. And can I tell you something? Everything will order itself from there. That's why Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him. Seek him. Not the medical opinions. Not all the... And I understand you have to go... You have to listen and, and you're going to get the diagnosis. You're going to get the, the prescription. You're going to get... The, the situation, you're going to have to face the conflict, you're going to have to go through the discouragement, you're going to have to battle all these things. But in the midst of that, seek God first. Seek Him. And His way, His righteousness, His way of doing it. And you know what He says? Jesus says, and all these things, they'll take care of themselves. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just deal with today. This morning, would you do that? Just deal with today. Deal with today. And how do you do that? by calling out to the Lord. There's a great song that before we kind of close this out, and it, it's specifically about prayer. And this is a beautiful song. I know I've said this before, but this is a beautiful song. It's by the band Sanctus Real, and it's simply called Pray. And, and I want you to listen truly to the words of the song. And, and as, as you listen, think about the things we've shared and talked about. And, and then we'll come back and we'll close this out with, some, with a few points, a few thoughts about this idea of pray. And we're going to talk about how to pray. We're going to close it out. How to have that connection, that community with, and fellowship with God, and then how that can translate itself into the lives of other people. Listen to this. About my head to pray. 
desperate place I need to share the weight But I just don't know how To let it all pour out And though I'm silent My heart is crying Cause I was made to Come to you idea that we as individuals as believers that we can simply pray the words the song says you know my heart you know my need every single part of me so even if it's just to speak your name i'm gonna pray in other words i'm gonna say something i'm gonna share the the whole idea of what 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 is going on in my life what i'm facing in my life i want to share with you god what i'm facing because you know it all anyway I want to pray. You see, we want to be heard, we want to be loved, and prayer is the key. So as we think about this whole idea of the song and and what he was saying, he says, I bow my head to pray. I don't even know what to say. I'm not sure how to fix things. I I don't know what I'm dealing with. I'm in a desperate place. I just need to share something. Can I tell you something? That's the greatest prayer. It's this idea of just saying, Lord, I have no idea. Lord God, I need your direction. I need your leadership. But it all begins with that relationship. With Jesus, You know, the disciples in the New Testament, they struggled and they were like, teach us how to pray. And in Matthew chapter 5, which is what I want to close with in the last few minutes we've got together. Um, and just think about this idea of being relentless in prayer. Relentless. You see, I want you to know prayer is not a religious duty. It's not a religious duty. I mean, I'm all for praying and I believe, you know, blessing your meal and that stuff. But it's not some kind of duty. It's a necessity, you see. It's understanding 
our purpose, recognize opportunities, and, and develop a relationship with God. It's, it's a conversation. If you never have a conversation with your wife or with your children, then guess what? Then you, that relationship is not going to grow. Honest conversation with other people. You see, that's the power of fellowship and community is found, as we said earlier, in conversation. Whether you are introvert or extrovert, everyone, as we said, wants to be heard. They want to know someone's listening. Francis Chan made an incredible statement. He's a a speaker, a pastor. He says, there is nothing, nothing more productive in the heart of a believer than to set before God in eager anticipation of hearing from him in silence. In other words, Lord, I I don't have a lot to say. But Lord, when I pray, I want to pray and and I want to hear what you have to say. I want you to speak to me. So in Matthew chapter 5, and it's in, found in verse 5. Jesus says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone else can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, all right, say that with me. When I pray, say that. When I pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything is going to reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on about all this stuff. Don't try to impress God with your words, is what he's saying. As these Gentiles, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Just simply pray. You see, here's the thing. If we're going to pray, when should we pray? That's the idea, is that when you pray. It's not an option. It's a necessity. Stephen, I don't know what to say. It's a conversation. Lord, God, I don't know what to do here. Lord, thank you for what you've blessed me with. Thank you for my family. Lord, I'm struggling with this secret that I'm battling in my life. God, would you heal? God, would you intervene? You see, when you pray, it's not about words for others to hear. It's about a conversation with God. Lord, I'm angry. God, why did this happen? Lord, I don't understand. Lord, thank you. What a great experience. All these things are things that you can say. It's just a conversation. It's what you would say to a best friend. It's what you would talk about. We in in religion has made it. And and can I tell you, it's about honoring God. Yes, but that's why it was so important that Jesus spoke this. He said, look, when you pray, don't be like everyone else that's trying to pray with impressive words. Don't be like these guys that repeat the same thing over and over again. It's the most powerful weapon that you can have as a believer. It's the most powerful relationship that you'll ever have. It's about praying in a true way. And so, so Jesus said, let, let, me, let me show you. Let me show you how to pray. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today or this day the food that we need. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, he simplified it because the reality of it is the Bible says in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. Can I tell you something? If you don't have anything to say or pray about, would you pray for me? And I'll pray for you. It's impossible to please God. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, anyone who wants to come to him must first believe that God exists, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to understand God. He gives you the faith that you need, so when you come to him, you just seek him. And so Jesus says, look, when you come to him, say, God May your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life. Can I tell you something? If that's all you prayed tonight, God, not my will, but yours. Lord, I'm willing. Can I tell you something? That's enough. Jesus is teaching us, look, how to talk to our Father. He said, let me tell you how to talk to the Father. You just got to do it. I love what he said. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Basically, he said, look, you... You know what we need. And Lord, so what you already know in heaven, Lord, would you you let that happen in my life today? God, the understanding that I need, would you give it to me? You know, I think the hard thing 
when it comes to prayer is that we are, uh, let, me, let me reframe this. Ah, I, I am so selfish. Truly I am. I want what I want when I want it. I do. And so often when I've prayed, I, I've prayed with a selfish heart. And instead of coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, whatever you want, God, you know what's best. I can trust you. Lord, whatever you want with this job, Father, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I want you to lead me and guide me. And I'm going to take these steps toward what I believe you want me to. But, but Lord, if I'm going the wrong way, stop me. Show me. Lord, I, I'm going to give you my marriage. Lord, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to, I don't want it to be destroyed. God, not my will, but yours be done. Would you show me, Lord? Would you guide me? You see, here's the thing is you, you pray, Lord, meet my needs. Lord, teach me to walk in forgiveness. Help me to receive forgiveness. Forgive me. Lord, help me to share that forgiveness that you give to me with other people. Lord, Lord, teach me to live in victory and freedom. Show me that. You see, that's what Jesus was saying. He was teaching us to pray as though we would talk to our earthly father, really. The conversations we would have with one another, to have that conversation with God first. You see, that's the problem. We so often look outwardly to people around us for the answers rather than stopping and realizing that the answers we need they're found in God and that's what Jesus was saying I think that's why the disciples said what they said Lord teach us to pray because we don't get it and I think that even if we go deeper that they had seen Jesus pray they had watched how he prayed and it was so different than anything they'd ever experienced something that they wanted to know how to do too and so he taught them my father dad father I honor you thank you for being God Lord your your kingdom come let your will be done in my life not my own let your will be done in my life Lord would you meet my needs today God would you meet my physical needs those needs that I have, but, but Lord, deeper than that, would you meet my spiritual needs? Lost. Just a conversation. Lord, would you forgive me? I have jacked things up so many different ways. God, would you forgive me? Forgive me. Lord, would you help me forgive other people? Lord, I've lived with this bitterness and anger for so long. God, teach me to forgive. That's it that we would recognize that. You know a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5:17 says this, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You see, we should always be in that state of prayer. It's all, it's a continual conversation. It's not like we say amen and it just ends. It's it's a conversation that's ongoing. That's why when Paul says, pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean that you're always speaking out loud or you're always saying something. It means that you're in a constant state of prayer. You're constantly aware of, of what you need to say to God. It's why you're driving down the road, while you're in class, while you're at your job, when you're around the dinner table. We're going to talk more about this in the weeks ahead, but just stopping to pray with your family. Spend time with your family. You see, those are things that are important. See, in our relationship with God, He wants us to lean on Him. He wants us to rest on Him. He wants us to know that He is there for us. And so as we kind of close this out today, I want you to, to just stop. Just stop. As we think through all these things that we've talked about today, wherever you are, maybe in your car, driving, at home, wherever you are this morning, that you would just pause and pray. Stephen, I haven't prayed. It doesn't matter. It, it, it matters that, that you would just stop and say, you know, God, I believe. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and you believe in your heart, your soul, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. That's it. Just a simple decision of choice. It just starts with a conversation. That's why Paul said, confess with your mouth. Lord, I believe. Believe in your heart. You will be saved. And then Paul says something that's so powerful in verse 10. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We proclaim what we believe. With the heart, that's what we believe. And that's what brings us to salvation. It's just a decision, a choice. Our words aren't powerful. It's the fact that we choose to believe and then we simply declare that we believe. That's it. And that's how the conversation begins. So I just want to challenge you today. Going back to James, are any of you troubled? You should pray. Are you happy? Have you had good things? You should you should praise. Thank him. Are any of you sick? Physically? Spiritually? Emotionally? Relationally? Then, man, you should call someone. Have them pray for you too. That's where that conversation, that relationship comes. And he goes on and says, confess your sins to one another. And he says, pray for one another. And guess what? There will be a healing. Let me pray for you today. Father God, I just thank you for the time that we have together this morning. I thank you for this time on True Texas Radio. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to pray for each one listening today. Lord, we've all got dark sides. We've all got issues. We've all got struggles, just like Kelly Clarkson sang about. But we all want to know, do you love me? Will someone listen to me? God, you do. Right now, you are listening to what I'm saying. And God, I pray for every person that's listening today, every person that's a part of this broadcast. I pray wherever they are, whatever they're facing, that you would meet their needs. And Lord, just like the song Sanctus Real sang, that God, we would pray and we would recognize that in our life that you hear us and that God, you want to be a part of our story because Lord, you're writing the story for us. We just have to invite you in. So Lord, I pray today that people that are listening would choose to believe and declare, God, I do believe and that they would begin that conversation and they would find that God, you hear them and they would trust that you know them and you love them no matter what. Thank you again for the chance to be together today. Thank you for this opportunity to share this truth that you share with me. And I pray, God, that people have heard it and they'll receive it. And I pray you'll be blessed. And that God, all of us, will declare, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be their name, your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us this day what we need. Provide our needs, Lord, beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Lord, would you forgive us of our sins? God, help us forgive other people. And Lord, Don't lead us into temptation. Protect us. Let us hear you and trust you to know that you're going to guide us and guard us. And Lord, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening today. So excited you joined. We love you. Thankful for you. We'll talk to you next week.